Nice to see ya, because you're listening to Know the Lore Overwatch. Good day, ladies, gents, and all other folks, and welcome to Know the Lore. I'm your lore master, Spartacus, and I'm really excited to get into today's episode because it deals so heavily into my favorite faction within the world of Overwatch, which is the Junkers. I mean, come on, it's a bunch of punk rock-influenced Mad Max characters, so what's not to like about that? So today, we are here to talk about Her Royal Majesty, the Junker Queen. Now, like so many of our newer characters from the last few episodes, we can't just dive straight into talking about our character right away, because if Blizzard is good at anything, it's weaving a good tale. That means we need to do a little bit of setup and talk about the events of the world that shape the lives of our characters. With that said, let's dig in and talk about what happened to Australia during the Omnic Crisis. Now, if you remember way back when, when we did the episode talking about Junkrat and Roadhog, some of this might be a little familiar, but there is plenty of new info to glean as well. Australia was basically decimated during the war, and unlike in our episode on Sojourn, the Australian Omnium was not destroyed during that time. However, once the war ended and the Omnics stopped attacking, the Australian government decided to gift the Omnium and the surrounding area to the leftover Omnics in an attempt to maintain a long-form term of peace. However, doing so was not only seen as an insult by plenty of those who lost loved ones during the Omnic crisis, but the arrangement also displaced many survivors whose homes fell within the area of the outback, namely survivalists and solar farmers who, before the war, were people just out there trying to keep to themselves and not cause any trouble. The fury and unrest boiled up, leading to the creation of the ALF, or Australian Liberation Front, an insurrectionist organization that targeted the Omnics of the Outback. Three of the more notable members of the ALF, and man, it is hard not to see that and just think of ALF. You guys remember ALF? Anyway, moving on. Three of the more notable members of the ALF included Mako Rutledge, a.k.a. Roadhog, Mason Howell, and a man whose first name is actually unknown at this time. We just know him by his surname, which is Stone. The ALF carried out guerrilla tactics and continued to escalate their attacks until making the grand assault on the Australian Omnium itself. There, they sabotaged the Omnium's fusion core, causing it to explode. However, it didn't just level the facility, but also the entire surrounding area, leaving the land irradiated, killing or maiming hundreds, a young junk rat included, and raining down twisted scraps and machinery for several kilometers, leaving the area unlivable to most. And those who survived, including many members of the ALF, stuck around to live within the ruins of what they wrought, calling themselves the Junkers. The Junkers were originally cutthroat and lawless scavengers of the area, but as time wore on, they eventually began to form a semblance of a civilization, namely a town called Junkertown, with its own shops and factions, such as the Tinkerers and the Wreckers, of which Roadhog was a member for a time. Now, you might be thinking, 
If they're so cutthroat, what keeps them from just constantly killing each other and ruining their town? One answer could be the Scrapyard, a gladiatorial arena in the heart of Junkertown where many forms of combat are enjoyed. This could be human versus human, human versus Omnic if any Omnics are unlucky enough to get captured in the outback, or mech battles, which are by far the most popular sport of choice for the citizens of Junkertown. One of the most renowned combatants to ever grace the scrapyard was actually Wrecking Ball, although no one was aware that Wrecking Ball was actually piloted by our furry little hamster friend Hammond. However, that all took place much later in the timeline, and we're still at the foundations here. Another of the big events to take place in the scrapyard is called the Reckoning. This is a battle that takes place every few seasons for those who wish to challenge the current leader of Junkertown. Many challengers spend a whole year training, building mechs, or developing weapons to give them an edge in this grueling competition. In a week-long brawl, contestants battle against each other until only a select few remain, and those that make it to the final round compete in a free-for-all battle against each other and the reigning champion, aka the ruler of Junkertown. Oh, and there's no rules when it comes to this fight. It's a battle open to any and all challengers, and the only way to survive is to either win or be granted mercy by the champion. Now, earlier I mentioned Stone and Mason Howell, so let's get back to them. They also made it to Junkertown, where Stone settled down with his family, a rather large one, including his wife and six children. Howell, on the other hand, had other ambitions, and though it isn't directly stated, all signs point to him winning the reckoning and becoming king of Junkertown. However, there must have been some kind of bad blood between himself and Stone, because once he took control, he banished Stone and his family from Junkertown to wander the desert as wastelanders. One of his children was Odessa Stone, or Dez, as she liked to be called, and the memory of being banished from Junkertown would forever haunt her. However, she had been born into a hard life after the Omnium had already been destroyed. She knew the rules of the wasteland, how to operate in a group, and how to survive. As a child, her and her young friends would voluntarily scout for Omnics that they would kill and strip down for parts, which she learned to tinker with and create items for her own needs, such as her magnetic gauntlet that she still sports to this day. So when the Stone family was banished, one by one, the whole family died off in the brutal wasteland. But not Des. She persevered, fighting against raiders, mutants, and feral Omnics, including a group of Omnics akin to urban legends called the Five Metal Demons, who resided in the worst of the wasteland called the Burning Lands. After a long, hard 13 years, Des returns to Junkertown as a wastelander and declares her intent to join the Reckoning. There, she tore her way through the competition, bringing down experienced opponents and even those utilizing mechs until she made it to the final round where she would square off against Mason Howell and two other competitors named Geiger and Mary. However, instead of a free-for-all as was expected, Geiger and Mary obviously had some sort of deal arranged with Howell as the two ganged up on Dez together while Howell just sat back to watch. During the course of the match, Dez could have killed either of them, but she chose to spare them instead. And upon finally going up against Howell, who fought very dirty, but again, you know, no rules, perhaps feeling inspired by her heroism, Mary aided Dez instead. Howell then lay defeated, begging Dez for mercy, and she agreed. 
though it would be the same kind of mercy he granted her family 13 years ago. Therefore, the crowd shouted out the name Junker Queen, and Odessa Stone banished Mason Howell to the wasteland that claimed her entire family. The bout had been broadcast all over the outback, making her an instant celebrity among the Junkers. She was their queen, and they loved her for her fierceness as well as her loyalty to Junkertown in sparing the lives of two prominent faction members, Mary and Geiger. After witnessing the battle, few ever dared to challenge her, and those who did, well, they lost. Under her rule, she established a creed and a set of simple laws for Junkertown. 1. No Omnics. 2. Pay your share. 3. Finders keepers. 4. Settle your own scores. And 5. Troublemakers will be exiled. She treats the Junkers with respect, but she will lay down the axe as needed. So if you don't pay up when taxes due, best to watch out. Now for a few bits of fun trivia. Not only did Hammond, or as he was known in disguise within his mech, Wrecking Ball, compete in the scrapyard during the early days of the Junker Queen's reign, he also served as her personal bodyguard for a time. Additionally, when it came to light that Junkrat had found some kind of treasure within the ruins of the old Omnium, the Junker Queen had some sort of intel to believe he was telling the truth, and she wanted to know more. This is what actually prompted Junkrat to look for a bodyguard, eventually finding his new best buddy Roadhog to protect him once the Junker Queen sent a group of wreckers after him to squeeze him for information. Roadhog took them out, and the pair went on the run, which started their international crime spree. But not before they stole a hefty sum of gold from the Junker Queen herself on their way out. This ended up with them, like many before them, exiled from Junkertown. Although they did return at one point in an attempt to deliver a wagon full of bombs to assassinate the Junker Queen, but Junkrat's antics got them found out before they even got through the main gate. You know, it's probably for the best that Junkrat never comes face to face with the Junker Queen again, as she once personally told him that if she ever saw him again, she'd rip out his tongue. How dare she threaten my favorite Minister of Mayhem, right? But hey, you gotta be ruthless to rule the Junkers, I suppose. Let me know what you thought about this episode and the Junker Queen. She's definitely got one of the coolest backstories of any of our Overwatch heroes, in my opinion. So, let me know yours. As always, head over to youtube.com slash nerdsloth and twitch.tv slash nerdsloth to find me playing games, or visit nerdsloth.com to keep up with everything else we're working on. And remember, one of you numpties owes me a point! If you enjoyed the show, Please rate, like, subscribe, comment, or share this episode, as every little bit you do helps the show and helps me out tremendously. Know the Lore is recorded and produced by Nerdsloth. More episodes can be found at nerdsloth.com along with our other shows. You can find us on most social media platforms at nerdslothhq. Music heard during the show is the Overwatch Victory theme, remixed by DJ Afixia. Go to Afixia.com to hear more.
presented by NerdSloth, a place for lazy nerds. If you like what you heard, consider donating at patreon.com slash nerdsloth so we can continue bringing you quality shows. Be sure to also leave us a review and share your favorite episodes and clips on social media. If you're looking for more content, visit us at nerdsloth.com.